everybody, and welcome back to Live from Pawnee. This week, we're in the second episode of season two, The Stakeout. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing tonight? Hey, Alan. I'm good. I am excited about today's episode. How about you? I really like this episode. This is, uh, you know, season two is really starting to feel like the show that we we love and uh, that we keep coming back to rewatch a lot more than I think some of the early episodes in season one did. So I'm, I'm anxious to talk about this one tonight. Me too. Let's do it. All right. Well, tonight's episode was written by Rachel Axler and directed by Seth Gordon. And you know what's interesting, Mark, is that those two also paired up on the canvassing episode, the second episode of season one. Oh, yeah, that one. All right. (laughs) Not one of our top episodes. And yet it's interesting to see that these two work together. Rachel's also worked on a couple other Arcs and Rec episodes, The Daily Show. Uh, She was a writer and producer for New Girl, Veep, and How I Met Your Mother. Oh, wow. And then Seth is all over the place as a producer and director. And, uh, you know, he, he's got his hands on community, office. So just some, some talented people. Well, you know, maybe they got the horribleness out of the way with canvassing. So yeah. that they, run, they rung it out of their systems. So now they're, everything's just gold. It wasn't their fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's say that. Let's say that. Yeah. All right. So this week's cold open, I think you're going to walk us through it. That is correct. Good, sir. All right. So this is a, this is a pretty long one. Most of the cold opens I found are kind of a, a a one, two punch of comedy. So maybe it would be 30 seconds. Here's a gag. And then we're out. And they're usually not even that related to the content of the episode. That's exactly true. In fact, the, the only one, not including this one that has been at all plot relevant is the season finale of of season one yeah rock show um that's right this is also somewhat plot relevant and it it clocks in at almost two minutes which is which is a little surprising and it covers two scenes that are actually disparate like they don't have anything to do with each other so anyway um, except location they're kind of in the same location that's true and you know what's important (laughs) location 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 location. yes thank you real Um, remark that's (laughs) How did you know they called me that? All right. So the cold open. Leslie and Anne are having breakfast at Anne's house, and they're discussing Anne's upcoming date with Mark while Leslie doctors up her coffee with an insane amount of both chocolate syrup and whipped cream. Anne wants to make sure Leslie's okay. Leslie continues to reassure her that as long as she and Anne are good, it's fine. Uh, You know Leslie's code, uh, hose before bros, uteruses before deuteruses. That's hard to say. Uh, ovaries before broveries. I kind of like yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, Leslie claims that Anne, by the way, makes the best coffee, but she says this by taking a big spoonful of whipped cream that yeah. she just sprayed on the coffee. Yeah. And apparently that's how you make good coffee. So I don't know if Starbucks is listening. And there was a spoonful but... of chocolate sugar involved. And oh, yeah, my gosh, I'm going to go make one right now. Yeah. I, I mean, she's oh. not wrong. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and makes great coffee. Anyway, uh, you know, Anne's still worried about this, though. Anne tells Leslie about a similar experience she had with one of her friends dating her ex, and she said that she was okay with it, and she really wasn't. It was weird, and Leslie reminds Anne, you know, Mark really isn't her ex. You know, a single fling six years ago, it isn't really anything. 
Um, and then that that part of the scene ends with Leslie going, anyway, I'm over it. Or am I? Haha, ha, just kidding. And then you see her <laughs> piling on a lot of whipped cream. So then you go, oh, now I don't know, crazy lady. I, I, I think Leslie started the whole whipped cream therapy craze. <laughs> well, and if there isn't one, there should be. Clearly, we haven't talked about my teen years. All right. So <laughs> and anyway, part two. So part two of Cold Open. <sighs> Leslie cut to Leslie carrying bags of fertilizer from a van into the pit. And you're right. It's, it's the same location because Anne's house is conveniently located near the pit. Um, Leslie talking head explains her brainstorm of having a community garden in the pit. Leslie working hard calls Tom relaxing in chair with iced tea, their master horticulturalist since Tom knows all the scientific names for everything. Tom says to the camera that what Leslie thinks are Latin names for the plants are really just variations of rappers' names. Uh, what are these, Tom? Oh, those are, of course, tomatoes or soldier boy tellums. Um, over here are some ditties, and uh, that over there is a beautiful batch of ludicrouses, and so on and so on. Leslie finds a new plant that wasn't there before. Bum, bum, bum. Leslie says, oh, you know, look, someone planted something new. What's this? Do you think it's uh, carrots? Uh, it's, or, and then she, she takes the leaf and smells it, or maybe some kind of spice. And Tom ends the scene. Yeah, you know, Leslie, the best way to figure out what kind of spice that is is to roll it up into a joint and smoke it. Okay. And you see a worried Leslie like mug to the camera real quick and then music. Love it. You know, one of the things I, I really liked about the cold open, uh, the, the Tom, you know, chilling in the, the lawn chair there. He, he is so lazy. Um, but I did like his Latin names for the, uh, the different vegetables. Right. Um, you know, um, I, in fact, I was a little bit inspired um, and <laughs> I, I wrote down a few additional ones that I think Tom missed. Oh yeah. Um, would you like to hear a few of those? Oh, would I please do. All right, Mark. So, you know, this is a, a little bit of a range, you know, covering a couple different decades worth of music. But, um, you know, I, I started in the 80s and I had the uh, Kid and Playas. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Vanilla Iceberg Lettuce. Oh, boos. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, then I moved into the 90s and, uh, you know, the 50 Sisters. Mm. That was pretty good. You know, those are tasty this time of year. Uh, That's pretty fall. good. Yep. The M and M and M's. Oh. The M and M and M's. No, no. The M and M and M's. No, that. Say it. Yep. All right. <laughs> let's move on. Okay. Let's uh, let's walk through the. Um... The proper word is synopsises. Yeah. All right, Mark. So you're going to walk us through the synopsises now, right? Absolutely. That is my job. And that's what I'm here to do. Um, well, like a lot of episodes, this has an, an A story and a B story. And it actually, I, I was on the verge of saying it had a C story, but I think it kind of wraps into the main one. So I'm not going to say that. So anyway, for the A story, uh, from the cold open, Leslie tells Ron about the marijuana and she asks him for a day to handle it internally before calling the cops. Yeah. Um, Ron, strangely enough, barely moves or talks or looks at her and kind of gives her a thumbs up to what she's proposing. Hmm. Um, Leslie and Tom have a stakeout that night to watch the pit from inside a van, complete with telescopic cameras and lots of candy to eat. Leslie sees Mark pick up Anne for their date, and she nervously snaps photos of them. 
Later on, Tom and uh, Leslie and Tom see Andy in the pit, initially thinking he is the marijuana kingpin. He joins them in the van and assures them he knew nothing about the pot and is just living in the pit, you know, eating the fruits and vegetables that someone very nicely planted there. Um, Leslie and Andy walk off to get something more substantial for Andy to eat, leaving Tom alone where he gets locked out of the van. Trying to jimmy his way back in, he is seen by Mark and Anne returning from their date. Not recognizing Tom, Mark dials 911 to report the incident, assuming he is a criminal. Officer Dave Sanderson, Louis C.K., arrives and confronts Tom, who mouths off at him until he's placed under arrest. Leslie and Andy return from getting fast food and see a tow truck about to take away the van. Mark and Ann start walking up to the gathering and Andy jumps into the pit to avoid being seen. Mark and Ann tell Leslie they caught a criminal and Leslie pieces together what's happened. The three of them go to the police station where an irate Leslie yells at Officer Dave. He tells her about Tom's mouth and the fact that lots of questionable items were found in the van. <clears throat> Telescopic camera, lots of candy. Um, <laughs> Leslie ends up telling Officer Dave about the marijuana and why they were there. Officer Dave agrees to release Tom, which doesn't occur until a few hours later, which is now the next morning. Mark and Anne have gone home, and the end of their date is seen by a heartbroken Andy from over the edge of the pit. Leslie waits for Tom to be released, which, like I said, is the early morning the next day, and he thanks her when he's released, when he comes out. Leslie, Tom, and Officer Dave go to the community garden that morning, finding no marijuana. Tom tells Leslie that Mark is an idiot and that she can do better, which is really nice. Officer Dave thinks Leslie orchestrated this whole thing to spy on Ann and Mark, which he thinks, quite frankly, is cute. Later, Officer Dave privately admits he is attracted to Leslie. So that whole thing is the A story. Okay. And, and I was tempted to split it up into the community garden marijuana angle and the Ann and Mark date angle, but I didn't really feel like there's enough meat to Ann and Mark's date to separate it out. You know? Yeah, I, I think they, those two things feed each other, but you know, they're, they're functionally part of the same story, just kind of you know, woven in. Right, I, I would agree with that. So the B story is... Um, well, you know, you may remember, uh, Alan, that uh, Leslie told Ron about this marijuana and he barely responded. That's weird. Well, he did this due to a hernia that he has, that although he's had it for some time is now causing him excruciating pain if he moves. It's now in full force, apparently because, quote, he made the mistake of sneezing. <laughs> Been there. Yep. Yeah. It sucks to be old. Uh, this requires him to stay immobile in his chair, not moving or talking to avoid the pain. He asks April, for example, to get his lunch, not getting his lunch, ordering it from somewhere, just moving it from the corner yeah. of his desk to right in front of him. Yeah, about and nine it, inches. Yeah. April complies, but suspects mm, something's up. So Ron remains in his chair the rest of the entire day and well into the night. Uh, at which point the cleaning crew comes into the office and eventually the motion sensors turn the lights off, leaving Ron still silent and in the dark in his chair still. April returns later that night, suspecting something is wrong. And although she makes fun of him a bit, ends up leaving to get her dad's car. April wheels Ron out to the car using his office chair and drives him to the hospital. 
And, you know, Ellen, as I was writing the, the synopsis, I realized there's so much I can't even say because so much of this is just pure physical comedy gold. Yeah. It's like, They're, it's so, it's so very visual. visual. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think if people could see what we're looking at, we probably want to play 12 clips, but um, some of them just don't translate because they are just funny sight gags. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, that was a terrific synopsis. So, so let's move into our AKAs. Um, I don't remember who went last week. I'll just be honest about it. So you're going to go first this week, Mark. Go. All right. Tell you what, instead, why don't I go first? Um, Yeah, let's do that instead. Uh, So my AKA is uh, based on the uh, scene where we first meet Officer Dave, and he has been called via the 911 call to investigate this this, uh, dirty, dirty criminal that's uh, trying to break into this van. And he's interacting with Tom and Tom has just given him some uh, mouth and off and calling him Paul Blart, et cetera, et cetera. And at one point, Officer Dave's had it. And he just says, look, dude, step out of the van. Tom fires back with, I'll step out of your mama's van. (laughs) (laughs) Which just cracked me up. I wasn't expecting it. And it was really funny. So that's my AKA. I'll step out of your mama's van. Oh, wow. There, top that. Well, we'll talk about that scene more in the deleted scenes because there's some other funny stuff there that didn't make it. And I thought you were going to take your AKA from the deleted scene, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. All right. All right. My AKA um, is actually from, from Mr. Swanson. Uh, again, just such great physical comedy here. And, and most of it is him sitting about as still as you can, staring <laughs> with a grumpy face. I mean, it just, you know, I bet it took him about four minutes to learn all of his lines for the episode. Oh, no. So, but, but one of his great lines is my AKA. And in fact, it's, it's kind of a talking head that, where he says it. Um, he doesn't actually say the words. You just hear him saying it maybe as a narrator. Right. Uh, pain is a state of mind and a weakness that I choose not to acknowledge. <laughs> that is my AKA. That's a good one. I, I, in the in the year of 2020, I felt that was appropriate. Yeah, well said. Agreed. Yep. All right. Well, um, what about firsts and tropes? I know we've been trying to track those and um, point out where maybe we see a theme or a, you know a runner developing. Uh, what'd you see here? Well, I, I I saw a couple. I think one I can defend pretty well, and the other one is you're just making up. It's, I'm just completely making up, uh, but I'm going to lobby for it. Fair so the one, the, the one that I can uh, defend, I believe, and our, I kind of alluded to this already, is we've been introduced now for the first time to uh, Officer Dave Sanderson, played by Louis C.K. And he's going to be, uh, for those of us who have seen the series, he's going to be a recurring character. Uh, and um, so I, you, you don't argue with that, right? You agree with that? No, I mean, I think it's largely in season two, but he does come back later. And so I, I think it's fair to say that. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not like something that persists through the whole series. But yeah, I, I think right. it's still fair. Yeah. So the, the the thing that I'm going to to lobby for, though, um, I would like to suggest as an unofficial first. Okay. I think this is the first time, in my opinion, that all of us, the writers, the audience, the actors have seen just how brutally, wonderfully effective Nick Offerman can be 
when playing Ron Swanson with this ridiculous level of reserve and stoicism. Um, I, I think in episode four, we got a sliver of it and I liked it. Um, you know, hashtag Darth Vader syndrome. Uh, but I, I think that's one of the reasons I liked it so much. But this, uh, this was a freaking masterpiece. It, it, you know? It's very, it's hard to argue with that. The, the scene with the janitor, for example, I mean, you know, it's, it's not a big giveaway here. It's, it's around seven minutes into the episode, but you know, Ron is sitting there. I think this is right before maybe the, the, the motion sensor lights go off on him. Right. And uh, you know, the, the, the guy is polishing the floor on the hallway and says, you know, working late tonight. And Ron says, yep. And he just keeps staring directly at him. The guy gets so uncomfortable that I think he pretty much just, he skips over the floor polishing and just gets moving. Um, it, it's just so funny. Again, it's one of those things. It's just so much funnier when you see it. So I, I drop, drop in on that episode around seven minutes and see what we're talking about. Absolutely. A, a quality example of less is more. Right. Much so. yep. um, and I think that this, you know, this is up to opinion, I think, but, this is the sort of thing that I believe starts to really become a, a pattern and a good pattern for Nick Offerman playing Ron Swanson, especially in later seasons where he does this to such an extent, he's almost a parody of himself, but it works, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, that, that, that face, that somber face with the big giant bushy mustache, I mean, you know, it's gotten to the point where it's so iconic that you can just draw the mustache and people will go, Ron Swanson. Uh, well, yeah. You know, it, it's that that powerful. Absolutely. I wish my mustache were that powerful. I, I, you and me both, buddy. Um, did you have any other firsts or did that kind of cover them all? I, I think the, the, the other first I think that we're worth mentioning is a little bit maybe in that character development arc discussion, but it's still kind of a first. Um, you know, there are argu arguably several pairings of characters that are just brilliant for the long term, including some characters we haven't met yet. You know, later it's going to be Leslie Ben and some other things. But right. we've our first maybe maybe our first pairing. Yeah, I think it is. I, I'd say this is the first pairing and it's the April Ron pairing. Right. It's the mentor mentee, uh, you know, father daughter thing. Uh, friendship really at the end of the day because they're both a little bit of a social outcast and not living in the social norms of the yep. conventional um, you know uh, friendship but uh, they they fit each other and um, I think this is the first time we kind of see that here with her kind of taking care of them during this hernia um, and and you know it just there are many 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 more seasons worth of those kind of interactions that we'll just love that that's a great point. That's I agree with you. The pairing of Ron and April in this episode was particularly effective. Um, I thought Aubrey Plaza. You know, th this is this episode actually didn't have a commentary, which is is kind of uh, that's true. It's it's a little different. So I was trying to imagine what portion of what Aubrey Plaza was saying was improv. Ah, you know. I, I, I bet quite a few, especially in the deleted scenes. Yeah, in fact, let's, let's, that's a great segue. Let's go right into deleted scenes because I think we've covered those first. But, you know, the, there are many deleted scenes. I captured 12 
um, no, nowhere near the length of last week's, uh, you know, 12 minute run of them, but there's still a good six minutes of deleted scenes that are really good here. And, you know, a lot of them, I think were funny enough to stay in the episode. So it's always, you know, sad to see those cut. And the one you're mentioning is, is one of those. And that's uh, April and this scene with Ron in the office kind of going, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. And, and I just wanted to set this up a little yeah. bit. Like, so like time wise, yeah. this is. You know, we had mentioned, you know, him being there at the office, uh, you know, late into the night and, you know, the, the cleaning crew comes by and he's just stoically still sitting in his chair like always. Well, I, I think the 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 lights may have gone out or not, but, you know, it's it's probably pretty late into the night and I think he's starting to doze and, and April comes in and basically says, do you live here? <laughs> and Ron wakes up like, uh, no, and she I don't think this is in the deleted scene, but she says, cause she suspects something's wrong and she takes a yellow highlighter and she oh. says, catch smacks him dead in the right face. In the um, yeah. And, and so, you know, she's like, I had this strange feeling something was wrong dot, dot, dot. And this leads into a whole series of back and forths, which it, I think is in the deleted scenes. It is. Let's play that clip right now. All right. It's just a minor medical issue. AIDS. No, I'm safe. Rickets? No. Blindness? No. <laughs> Are you missing part of your spine? No. Are you just like super depressed? My mood is even keeled. Is it like a parasite or a virus or something you get from a bee? It's a hernia. Are you a terrorist? <laughs> no, I'm a patriot. Are you a werewolf? I said it's a hernia. You have syphilis? Part of my lower intestine has pushed out Stop. into my scrotum. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, he's um, he 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 made her uncomfortable not only on purpose, but I think uh, just to get her to stop. You know, to make her oh, uncomfortable and to get her to stop, and it, it was effective. Oh my gosh! And, and the two of them paired together. Because, you know, usually when April talks, she's kind of monotone as well. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, and that scene just cracked me up. There's not an ounce of inflection between the two of them. Nope. No. Nope. Uh, that's great. Okay. Well, what else from the deleted scene stood out for you? Because like I said, I captured 12 of these guys. And, you know, I, I think there were some some really funny ones here. That was certainly one of them. Um I think it was, there was uh, the one where they're kind of in semi-sequential order, I suppose. Uh, you know, Leslie and and Tom are in the garden and, uh, you know, she's found these carrot tops and, and, you know, Tom is suggesting it's marijuana. And I think it's one of those times that the documentary crew gets acknowledged and that Leslie says, you know, Oh, come over here. You know, she's trying to get the conversation to happen off yeah. camera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, she's worried about the illegality of what's been found in the garden. So right. that was pretty funny, but it was one of those that, you know, it, it probably is a throwaway moment at the end of the day. That was, that was pretty good. Um, you know, I, I think they're usually they're, their deleted scenes in my opinion are pretty good. I would say maybe a third of them. Meh, I can see why they took them out, you know, right. but the rest yeah. of the rest of them are really pretty decent. I think that there were, I think I counted a total of three that were officer Dave talking heads where he was behind his desk and talking about yes, whatever. I know that there's 
one where he was talking about <laughs> I, I, I find Louis CK pretty funny anyway but you know he's like I don't really like arresting people I don't oh. like that you know they never they never Alan they never want to go they don't want to go they don't want to go and he I'd love to have the guy where <laughs> when I arrest the guy he says oh, let's go you know yeah. yes sir let's go it'll be a pleasure that was pretty funny and he had another one that was just very short he's like you know i have a few strategies for calming people down they're you know yeah. they're getting excited you know use a soft voice that's right i look i look him in the eye and if you know, if um if that doesn't work you tase him i tase him <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which there's an extended scene of uh you know where tom is re resisting, you know, not arrest yet, but a resisting authority. Uh, right. When, when Officer Dave wants him to step out of the van and uh, Tom in the, the, the normal cut, there is a, a few seconds of that, but there's a longer sequence uh, that ultimately leads to, and it happens off screen, but you can hear it. He, Tom gets tased by, by Officer Dave. And then he kicks out and he takes off running down the street. And, and I thought this is where you were going to go with your AKA, frankly. Um, oh, <laughs> that would have been Dave, brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, he's calling it in uh, to the police station and he says, <laughs> uh, there's a, you know, a, a gentleman, either a Mexican or Indian or possibly a blend of Chinese and Canadian. <laughs> I thought that was going to be your AKA with your, uh, you know, your Canadian heritage. Doggone it. I, I so should have used that. That's a good one. Yeah, that was a funny sequence. I, I think, quite frankly, you intimidated me a little bit after last week you had 10, ladies and gentlemen, 10 oh, no. AKAs. So I'm like, I, you know what? I'm never going to reach the heights no. that Alan reaches. So I, Nor did I this week. I, I just, <laughs> I, I, I clearly peaked last week and everything's been downhill since. The only other one I was going to mention, and then we'll see if you have any others, was the scene with Leslie and Ann, and they're, you know, they're having the coffee that's barely coffee at all. And, uh, you know, and Leslie talks about her code, right? And several of these made it into the, the final cut. Uh, Hose before bros, um, you know, made it in. I think uterus is before deuterus is in ovaries before broveries, but we missed in the deleted scene, sisters before misters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um gynecology before guy necology will works better on paper that yeah that one kind of landed flat uh, and then ann comes in with breasties before testes nailed boom. it boom <laughs> yep i love it that was great and and doesn't always deliver the funny but that one was very funny yeah that was very timely i agree the only other thing that i can think of is during the course of the normal show um you know, Ron is obviously in pain. He's not moving. April has been kind enough to move his lunch the nine inches that he needs from the corner of his desk to right in front oh, of yeah. him. Yeah. And there is a quick scene in the normal show, meaning not the deleted scenes, where he has a hamburger. Yeah, He has a hamburger in his hand <laughs> and he can't bend over to eat it. He can't really bend. Can't move his neck. About it. Yeah. He can't. So... He takes his hamburger in his, in his hand and he does like this reverse discus flip with his wrist and whops himself in the face with the hamburger as he's yeah. trying to feed himself. I laughed so hard. I had to stop what I was doing and go get a <laughs> diaper because I knew I was going to pee myself if he kept on uh, doing that. And, and it was just that one scene that was beautiful. But then I saw the deleted scene 
there are actually quite a few others oh, yeah. where he's he's trying to do stuff. He's trying to like throw other things in his mouth and failing miserably. He's trying to throw things away. He finally and, gets frustrated with the food and just wants to throw it away. He can't hit the trash can. Right, yeah. right. And very, very visual, but just yeah. brilliant. Yeah, that was a lot of good stuff in there. All right. Well, I think we've covered deleted scenes. I think it's time for our first break. So why don't we do that? And then we'll come right back. Agreed. All right. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Ron Swanson as continuing community service to my city of Pawnee, Indiana. I am here to tell you today about the brave men and women of the Pawnee Police Department. They are a shining example for our community and worthy of your gratitude and minor glorification. Are you a youth? Are you generally up to no good? I am talking to you, Pekaitis, and your ilk, the ne'er-do-wells of Pawnee. I tell you today that unless you want to wind up on the wrong side of the bars, you must make a change for the better and get right with the Lord, and also the Pawnee Police Department. But Ron, how, you may say? Join the psych. That is, the P-S-Y-C-H, the Pawnee Summer Youth Campers and Helpers. Yes, get psyched this summer and learn about why it is better to be the Popo than to be chased, handcuffed, and forcibly detained by said Popo, which is the path you are currently on, Pekaitis. Spend your summer learning to be a respectable individual in service to others, and let great examples like Officer Dave Sanderson tell you about why they made the commitment to serve our community in this great capacity. So put down that carton of eggs and seal up that case of toilet paper and make plans to get psyched this summer. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, thanks for taking a break with us and we're back. I think we're going to break down the episode now. And uh, Mark, you want to kick us off? I know we talked about the cold open and, and the A plot and the B plot and where you want to start us. Well, let's let's just start with, you know, Leslie coming back from having realized that there's some marijuana there in the, in the community garden. And <laughs> she comes back and, you know, as is typical of Leslie and also quite typical of Ron. She takes it quite seriously and says, you know, Ron, Ron, we got an emergency. Did you get my texts? Did you get my emails? Did you get my pagers? Like, uh, no, uh, Leslie, I, uh, no. I didn't. <laughs> and, uh, so she's like, okay, you know, we got some, some pot in the, in the, uh, in the garden. He's like, call the cops. And so she said, well, uh, <laughs> you know, but how about you let me handle it internally? And he just doesn't even say anything, gives her a thumbs up. No. Um, and, and, you know, that leads to, I, I did like the moment where she's like, look, Ron, Ron, we can't call the cops because cops will lead to the press and that's going to lead to an investigation. And my fingerprints are all over the manure and we'll lose funding. You don't have funding. You don't have, <laughs> uh, we'll never get any. That's right. And listen, if this thing blows up, I was never here. Um, oh my gosh. 
anyway, you know, all- Ron is so, I mean, I think he would on a normal day, he had already be nonplussed, but you know, he's got this raging hernia. Right. And I don't think he could care less about what Leslie has brought to him today. Right. And, you know, Ron has a, a quick talking head to the camera and, you know, just explaining to the yes. audience, like, okay, you know, I, I have a hernia. I, and he's, he is so masterful at this. You know, we had, we, we heard a little bit of this in the deleted scene. But he is talking in such a quiet, measured tone, and everything he oh, says know. is so perfect. And, and so I can't even do it justice. You know, it's like I. And he basically says, "I have a hernia. I've had it for a while. I've been ignoring it successfully, but this morning I made the mistake of sneezing." And there's a bit of sneezing, and then going. Then we see Yarr! it. Yeah. <laughs> But but as long it as it's to watch. I mean, yeah. But as long as I sit still and don't move my head or torso, I'm good. I got this. Yeah. Um, so totally practical. Leslie then, you know, comes out of this, you know, meeting in air quotes with Ron, and she's saying to Tom, look, we gotta catch this kingpin. We use the word kingpin a lot in this episode. Um they really did, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, that we got to we got to have a, you know, stakeout. And I think actually I'm, I'm doing it in the opposite order, but she has a quick talking head saying, look, I want to be president someday. So, I, you know, no, I've never, right. I've never smoked uh, marijuana. And then she starts to go off on this tangent about this brownie that she ate in college. And, you know, she's oh like, God. look, I, I admit I, I ate a brownie in college and it was intense. It was indescribable. It felt like she was floating. There's there's no there is no pot in it. It was just a great brownie. <laughs> Sister, I've been she there. Said, insanely good. Yeah, yeah. Insanely good. Yeah, actually, I, I had a product placement idea, and I was thinking Leslie's insanely good brownies. Ooh, nice. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk about that off air. Yeah, you read into that that's what a, you that's want. Our, that's, that's our new business idea. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. We won't tell you why they're insanely good. They're just are chocolate. Sure. That's what it is. Um, she, she does also mention that if they catch the kingpin, that they will avoid a scandal and and ah, and, yeah. and that they can flip the headline that apparently she's, you know, drudged up in her head. Yeah, actually, I, I noticed that too, Mark, that the whole flip the headline thing. And, and I had a little bit of an office flashback. So I wanted to play this clip for our, for our viewers at home real quick. Go for it. All right. You know, if we catch him, then we avoid a scandal because we flip the headline and it's not community garden infested with pot. It's brave public servants rid neighborhood of drugs, earn praise from mayor, comma, everyone. We're going to catch this guy. <laughs> That's great. And, 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 I, and I, if I remember, too, I, I know Leslie has a penchant for headline creating, starting back with uh, Shauna Malway tweet, you know, back in episode three, the reporter. Oh, yeah. But, but this one specifically reminded me of The Office. And if you remember the episode where um, they have uh, gotten the, uh, the obscene watermark from the paper mill. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Michael has this whole idea of bringing in one of their largest customers and having the giant size check and giving it to them as an apology. And then, you know, he's, he's basically dictating, you know, to the, he thinks the New York Times is going to show up to cover this. And he's basically feeding them the headline much like Leslie is here. So it just reminded me of that and made me chuckle. Good call. That's funny. All right. So where are we at next? All right. So after that, I think is where we have 
Ron, you know, calling April into his office quietly. And, you know, yeah, that's where weird I, power I, trip. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Get, <laughs> get, get my lunch for me, please. Okay. You want me to order you something? No, get it from there. <laughs> he points, he points right to the there. corner of his desk and there, there's a styrofoam container that we know is, has yeah. burger and fries in it and it like yeah. a styrofoam cup for a drink. Yeah. And, and April, like you said, April asks him, is this some kind of weird trap power trip? Like, no, please. And so April moves it nine freaking inches yeah. or whatever. She kind right of slams it him. down too. Like she's right. not sure what's going on. And then there's that there's that scene that I described earlier where he he takes the burger and he tries to reverse discus it into his <laughs> mouth. Oh, oh my gosh, it is that is Great. gold. Yeah. Um, I took note that that is that is some of the best physical humor I've seen on the show to date. Yeah. Oh my well, gosh. And there's we're only into what the eighth episode here at this point and. There's been a, a lot already, frankly. I, you know, even I remember one of the deleted scenes from season one with Andy and the double cast and flipping over backwards and stuff. I mean, <laughs> the, the, there's, there's the whole cast is pretty good at physical comedy. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, so from there, I think that we flash to um, the state now? van now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that we, we get to the van the very yeah. first time. The first time you're right of many, but yes, you're right. And, and I wanted to mention just as a little aside, as I was taking notes for this episode, I found it take handy. Notes. I believe it or not. I you know. <laughs> no, it, you and, take and, great notes. And I, I find it helpful. I'm so broken like this. I found it helpful <laughs> to put little, little, uh, you know, braces next to each scene and, and, guessing what the time was oh i see that in your notes that's terrific <laughs> I, I i am so broken I like that i <laughs> i love it well you you've you've really set up the story for yourself here yeah i mean this is good stuff mark you should well, publish it, this we should put it, you know what we should put this on the website <laughs> you know what maybe so they can just say oh that guy he that needs some guy. Psychi psychiatrist trips for sure <laughs> um no you know what actually made me do that i think is because in this episode with Ron stoically sitting every single scene yeah. in his chair, I, I, as the viewing audience, kind of much like our viewers kind of lost track. Mark, they're not viewers. Uh, you, let, let's mm, we'll see. <laughs> like, but you know, I kind of lost track of what day it was. So like at one point when it was That's pitch true. dark and the lights had been off, I thought, is this the next day? Like, is this mm. the next morning? And then April comes back and I thought, oh wait, not as much time has elapsed as I thought. Right, right, so right. So I, I started to do this just to kind of gauge it through. So sorry, that that was an incredible oh, warning. I'm, I'm really curious to see how you how you end with this later because I had a time sequence um thought myself later at the police station which we'll talk about and i'm trying to figure out you know has night as basically is it the next morning so yep. I, I think there's a lot of that in this episode and it's not bad storytelling it's just there's it's a little bit of a complex storyline in terms of moving around so um no these that's very helpful i i would agree with that i think i actually I actually enjoyed doing it, believe it or not. It's almost like I solved a, a, a private little puzzle yeah. that only I was aware of. There you um, go. I'm so, surprised anyway. you didn't print this out and put it up on your wall with pictures and yarn, you know? Um, Next time. No, I didn't. <clears throat> I got to take that down. Um, <laughs> he just looked at his wall, by the way. 
they can tell their views. Um, so anyway, so now we go to the van for the first time that we, you know, we mentioned yep. that Leslie and Tom are going to have the stakeout. Um, Leslie gets into the van. She's dressed in all black. She has a black jacket, et cetera. Um, and she's got her supplies, Alan, like she always does. She's got oh, you know, yeah. notepads and, and, and pencils and, uh, and, <laughs> and she has, you know, and telescopic cameras. All those make sense. Yep. Then she has a shaker of whipped cream. <laughs> that just cracks me up. Like apropos of nothing. Got shaker of whipped cream. Yeah. Um, Gorp. So nod to episode two. We, we, it is a nod to episode two. Um, the, the Gorp. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The Gorp. I, I saw that. That's a, a episode two reference, but you know, I just realized the, the whipped cream I, I know it's been mentioned before and we've been at JJ's once before, right? But this is, this is a continuation of the whipped cream trope. And, and for whatever reason, I missed it. They're normally on waffles. I, I guess you're right. But I think she pretty much treats whipped cream as its own food group now. You know what? I, I can't argue with that. I'm going to keep an eye out for this. I, I think you're exactly yeah. right. I, I think that she keeps a, a can of whipped cream holstered like a gun at any, at any point in time. Um, yep. Yep. So she's got the shaker whipped cream. She's got the gorp. She's got a giant Ziploc bag full of candy necklaces. And, and after listing all this to Tom, she then says with pride, it's like we're real police. Please. Yeah, that was terrific. I had to, I've watched a few uh, police, uh, you know, uh, shows in my, in my time. And I could not remember a lot of candy necklaces, but I must've missed it. Well, you missed the really special episode of Hill street blues. Clearly. Um, <laughs> the kids don't know what that is. They're not viewers or that not kids. Um, so, <laughs> so she, she also tells Tom proudly that she made a mix CD that is complete oh my with, with all with songs about people watching people, which she then admits is mostly sting. My daughter, I got to tell you, she, she, she is caught on to the whole sting and watching people thing. And she thinks there's something wrong there. 15. <laughs> and she's pretty sure. <laughs> I don't know. I, I could think of a few others. You know, when I was 15, I just sang along. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a good tune. Yeah. Uh, Rockwell. I always feel like oh yeah, somebody. see, see, but then That's yeah, true. just right. rock, just rock well and sting. <laughs> um, and and so Leslie actually went to the extent of cutting out little pictures of Tom and Leslie's heads, and I guess pasted them on the CD case. So you know, a hashtag uh, over prepared hashtag binder. Well, not really yeah, binder, absolutely. I guess, but over prepared. Um, over prepared. Yep. Tom is wearing a bright red shirt with a TH, which he insists is not Tommy Hilfiger. He paid he paid one hundred and twenty dollars to get it monogrammed. It's Tom Haverford, damn it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Leslie says, "Look, man, you know we're on a stakeout. You, you can't wear a red shirt like that. You got look. Take my jacket." Leslie gives Tom his black her black jacket, and he's Tom's pretty bummed that it fits. <laughs> I thought was pretty funny. Um, so, yeah. So at this point, I think we're seeing Anne get ready for the date. Yeah, we cut to the, we cut in the house. Anne is getting ready. She's got a talking head. 
um, there. And then I think right after that, we're going to come right back out to the van and see Leslie and Tom watch Mark arrive. Right. 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 Um, and, uh, <laughs> there's a pretty funny scene with Tom where he's like, Oh my gosh, are, you know, it, are they dating now? Like, you know, Oh my God, you know, bring, Oh my Brenda, yeah. is the man. <laughs> he says, like he's taste Helen Leslie. This is Brendanowitz's life. Hot chick from the newspaper. Ugh. Hot chick from the post office. Ugh. Hot chick from the hospital. At which point Leslie's like, her name is Anne. You know her name. Her name's Anne. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, that's uh, right. Stop it. Uh, and then he's like, but no one turns him down. And Leslie's like, yeah, I did. So. I thought that was great. You know, it's, you can tell she's proud of herself. She's glad that the, that resolved the way it did. And, um, you know, and I think she is okay with Anne going out on this date, actually. I think she's being honest about that. So good for I think Leslie. she, I, yeah, I would agree with that. I think that she, um, she still is conflicted for other reasons, but not because she's jealous of Mark or angry at Anne. I think she's still just, she, yeah. I don't think she's resolved everything, but she's on her way. No. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I think All they right, flash. So where are we next? I think they flash very briefly to uh, the office where we still see Ron yes. sitting there. So like not a lot to say there. It's a lot of visual, physical humor. Um, working yep. late. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and I was guessing that was about 9 p.m. Do you, do you see my notes? And I'm guessing they they flash back to that the feels van. right i mean city hall's empty the cleaning crew's there you know it's a couple hours after people have probably gone home so that feels right and then you know and then we're and and i think at the van it's clearly nighttime now so that, that feels right to me right so see not bad so i'm guessing about an hour later you know it's 10 p.m they they cut back to the van and leslie is probably oh, shovel guitar candy. Yeah. 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 She's, she's, I'm guessing they didn't say this. I'm guessing she's had some candy necklaces at this point. And so she's feeling like, you know, shovel guitar, bucket drum, <laughs> which Tom loves. <laughs> to which Tom says she's been doing this for an hour. <laughs> right. And, and by the way, just as a quick aside, I, I, I think this about this show and I've also thought about the office. Most of the time, I don't even think about the fact that it's supposed to be a quote unquote mockumentary. I just run with it because both shows are hilarious. Every now and again, it, right. it occurs to me the camera angle that they have or the instance that they're being caught on camera, how in the world could a camera crew or a cameraman fit in that vein with them? I mean, it's not that big, but yeah. I, I'm just saying that to be persnickety. I always wonder funny. that in the car shots too. Yeah, it's still funny. Oh, good point. Just go good. with it, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then I, I think Leslie and Tom have an interesting little conversation where <laughs> like Leslie's like, you're not from here, right? Like, no, I'm from South Carolina, but you moved to South Carolina from where? Uh, my mother's uterus, <laughs> uterus, but you were conceived in what Libya, right? Like, no, <laughs> I was conceived here. My parents are Indian. And it's like, well, Okay, so where where Haverford come from? He's like, look, you don't brown guys with funny sounding Muslim names don't get far into politics. And she's like, what about Barack Obama? It's like, yes, yes, I know. Yeah, I had known. Okay, if I had known a dude named Barack Obama was going to be elected president, maybe I would have changed it. Um, Am I wrong that 
in the episode three, I believe, The Reporter, you remember we've talked about how Ron kind of continuously plays this role of prepping Leslie for this thing that's about to happen, right? Yeah. And if you remember in episode three with The Reporter, you know, she's very nervous. Shauna Malway Tweep is going to be, you know, like, what's her what's her opening salvo going to be? And he's like, probably let's spell your name. Right. Um, but I think that whole conversation I think there's a smaller version of this exact conversation about his Indian name being changed because of being a brown guy trying to make it in politics and Barack Obama is the punchline. I'm 99% sure this is the second time we've heard this nearly exact dialogue. Wow. Hmm. Well, our viewers at home can tell us for sure whether Alan's a genius yeah. or whether he's imagining things. I, write in and tell us. I yeah, go to livefrombody.com and put a comment in on the, the ask us a question section and tell me I'm nuts. But I I feel it and I'm gonna go back tonight and check. I, I meant to do it before today's episode because it's been bothering me. But anyway, that's that's all on me. So we all have our problems, Mark. <laughs> do we? <laughs> and I got 10 or 12 of them right here, buddy. Um that's right. So I think that after the conversation, they hear something like, oh, no, it's the kingpin. It's the kingpin. And they, they look oh, around yeah. and it's Andy. I'm yeah, like, Andy. And they 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 call him over there and is like, what? What are you doing? And Andy's just like, hey, guys, I mean, it's like really cheerful and happy. He's like, yeah, you know, he's not. I mean, he wasn't embarrassed or anything. Not you know? at all. And I mean, and, he, he was going to run into tonight crawling in and out of the pit. Yeah. And, and like, are you living in the pit? And he's like, oh, well, you know, for now, yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. Someone someone planted a vegetable garden down there. I've got fruits and vegetables. Yeah. I'm getting vitamins. And and he he claims he knew nothing about the the weed or anything. He thought those are the tops of carrots, I think, just like Leslie did yep. um, in the cold open. And so they, they said, well, you know, come come in the, we got to catch this kingpin, join us in the van. And he's like, I don't know. I'm, I, I, guys, I'm, I got a busy schedule. I'm supposed <laughs> to have- um, <laughs> I'm supposed to have a rock fight with this crazy guy. And then he pauses and he kind of looks around. He's like, he's like 20 minutes late. All right, let's do he's it. He's probably not going to show up. <laughs> you know, I hate it uh, among all other things that, you know, when I have an appointment for a rock fight and that my opponent doesn't show up. I mean, how rude, how rude. Look, I agree. You, you could at least post on social media that I'm going to be late for the rock fight. Like right. have, have my people stone your people. Um, you know, <laughs> see what I did there. I like it. Yeah. Nailed it. Boom. Yeah. All right. Boom. Let's see. So, so we're, then we're at, I think, I think we flash back. Oh, this is, this is, I think that's, so I see. We're I, in the I van. Think, yeah. No, I think we, no? we go back to the office briefly. Okay. So they invite Andy into the van and it's so like, okay, right. Oh, you're on. right. The, the, the rock fight's not going to happen. And then I think this is the scene where April comes back. Yeah. Yeah. And she comes back. She's in, you know, she said, she says, uh, this is where she tells him she, she realized something was wrong. Right. Leslie had no idea. I mean, Leslie was in her own head and her own world worried exactly. about the, the weed. <laughs> right. Right. Carrot tops. But, uh, but, but uh, April picked up on this. Yes, exactly. And, and my timestamp, you notice in my notes, I think this was about 1030. Okay, fair enough. So, that, so this actually made sense. Like it's late enough that it's weird for her to come back, but it's not like yeah. it's the next day or anything. Yeah, that's um, true. So then they have the great exchange that, you know, I won't go into more detail there. They, right. we covered that in the deleted scene. Yeah. Very, very funny. Um, and we know that her dad's not yet asleep because she's got to go home to get the keys, but we, we'll find out later. She had to wait till he fell asleep. So 1030 sounds about right. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. Good call. And I do, I do remember that the first time before April leaves, she goes, bye. Clump, 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 clump. Fake walk away. The the, the fake walk away. And, you know, he's like, he, and Ron's not moving or anything. And and he goes, you know, are you still here? He's like, yeah, I just wanted to see if you could tell. And then she leaves for real and like 10 seconds pass. And Ron goes, are you still Still here? here. (laughs) Freaking brilliant. It was great. Yeah. Um, and then I think we flash back yeah. to the van. So it's just now back, back and forth. Van. Yeah. Yeah. Andy's in the van with them and, uh, you know, talking about, you know, the vegetables, right? I think, you know, how much he's, he's got in all these vitamins, but there's, the, there's just nothing but vegetables. The, this dude is a chatterbox. I don't think oh he's had God. many people to talk to. And so no. he's like, he's like, how are you guys doing? And what's going on? He asked that. And well, like, you remember Anne the doing? pit. I mean, there's, there's nightly entertainment. There's the rap parade, right? Oh but, yeah. But I don't think there's a lot of people to talk to except crazy rock throwing guy, apparently. Well, yeah, there, there's a crazy rock going, throwing guy. There's the, the, the uh, daily suit pressing. I know that that's the, t- the number that's one true. thing that's, that's painful. But then the rap I wonder parade. if Lawrence knows he's living in the pit. You think Lawrence would take advantage of that somehow? Oh, my he gosh. He must not know. No. Someone yeah. should tell him. <laughs> that's a missed opportunity there, buddy. Agreed. All right. Um, this is where so, Leslie gives him the, the candy necklace, right? That's exactly right. Is yeah. he... Because I think Leslie's eating one, and Andy says, "What, what are those?" And she says, "Well, these are candy necklaces." And and he's just like, oh "I don't know. All I've had are fruits and vegetables for weeks now. You know, awful." And he shoves the whole thing in his mouth, and you know, Leslie's like, "You know, there's a string in there." And Andy's like, mm, "Not in this one. Not in this one." <laughs> like, okay. And you know, he gets uh, such a huge sugar high, he starts babbling all over the place, and then they're I like, love "What?" The- the whole again it's kind of the physical comedy thing right i mean we're watching andy eat this this candy necklace and you know he's just shoving it in his face and he starts you know singing sugar high sugar high <laughs> sugar high yeah yeah sugar yeah it, it's yeah. awesome um yeah. and leslie realizes we got to get this dude something a little bit more substantial so real he, food yeah so so all three of them exit the van uh, she uh, and, and yeah, Andy go down the street. So I assume they're going to go to some fast food place. Well, Tom right. accidentally gets himself locked out as he exited the van yep. with Leslie and Andy. Um, and he starts like crawling on the roof. And now he's all dressed in black and he's crawling on the roof of this van. And just then, Ann and Mark arrive back and they're like, look, there's some sort of criminal crawling on that van. Uh, you know, guess what? Uh, it's time for nine one one. Um, so, you know, that happens. And, you know, again, the mark timestamp is probably about 11 p.m., the time when most criminals are out. Um, and then. Mark, I'm going to tell you something. Yes, sir. You're right. Your timing's right, and it's provable. I'm kind of surprised you didn't catch this. It is? It is. You know the show Cops? Do I? When we see the dashboard cam. Yeah. You were on it once, but we'll talk about that in another podcast. You know how they show the dashboard cam? Yeah. At the very end of this sequence, you know, Leslie and Andy are walking back and, you know, I I don't want to, you know, we can talk about that for a sec, but there's about to be a scene where we see Officer Dave's dashboard cam timestamped 1123 PM. So you're not far off. Nailed it. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Um, I, I think 
at this point, and Leslie and Andy are walking back from fast food, and there's not a lot that happens yep. here, but I think Leslie kind of lets slip that um yeah. that Anne's date and Mark, and you know, Andy like faints for a second because he's all upset yeah. and stuff. Um I didn't know right. if he fainted because he was upset or because he, he had a sugar high and then a crash, a blood sugar crash. Because he mm-hmm. hasn't really had any real food for a while. So either way, it was funny. That's true. I blame it on Ann. But so I do too. <laughs> so we're back at the van, and this is where we get the 1123 scene. So yes, yes. Uh uh Sergeant Dave Sanderson, uh that's right. CK. Uh, comes up and uh, you know there, there's a cut of the, the police cam there. They got a cut to the shot of the stakeout van from the police car and uh, Pawnee PD Unit 641. Uh, so he opens the door and finds Tom sitting there alone and it's like, yeah, I'm responding to a 911 call about a suspicious person. I, you know, I need you to step out and show me some ID. And Tom introduces himself. Look, he said like he works for the Parks Department. He got locked out of the van and he yep. he had to jimmy his way back in and. Officer Dave says, why don't you jimmy your way out here? <laughs> Give me some oh ID. Um, he's like, okay, what's my crime? Parking while Indian? Like, uh, no, there's no stereotypes no, about Indian sitting in vehicles that I know about. And so <laughs> Tom finally relents. Thank God. I, I know. And Tom finally relents and shows him his ID. And now he's kind of fired up. You know, he starts mouthing off. Nice job, Paul Blart. Why don't you head over to Lady Foot Locker and make sure no one's That's breaking right. in and and, and he's like, hey, look, I'm very close right now to placing you under arrest for disorderly conduct. You know, step out of the van and the, I'll step out of your mama's van. That's it. That's it. It's go time. And then, yep. you know, what I found funny about that scene is, again, from the police cam, you can see the moment where, you know, Officer Dave's yes. like, screw this. And he steps into the van. He's not even touching Tom and Tom's already squealing. Ah! Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, that in the deleted scene, there's that longer version there. And Tom goes even farther and there's a little bit more antagonization where he's really, he doesn't want to come out of the van. He's afraid that he's going to get tased. Mm -hmm. And it kind of becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy where he's such an a-hole about it to the officer that I think literally in the deleted scene, when he reaches into the van, he does tase him. Yep. And uh, yeah. So, you know, be careful what you wish for. (laughs) nice and i think at this point we finally flash back to the office where ron no surprise here is still sitting in his office he's sitting ramrod straight in his chair lights finally go out and ron mumbles motion sensors sensors (laughs) so now he's in the dark um and Yep. Then we flashed. Then we're back on the street. Right. Yep. That was just yep. for like a second. And then we're back on the street. Leslie and Andy get, come, finally are back from their fast food run and apparently picking Andy up off the sidewalk and get to the van and they see a tow, a tow service getting ready to take the van. And she's like, well, what happened? What happened to the guy in the van? And then the, the tow guy says, well, the, the cops took him. And apparently Ann and Mark are walking up to him and, and, Andy right. takes off at a dead sprint and jumps oh into God. the pit, um, which looks like it hurt. I want to know who the stunt guy was that did that jump. That looks so painful. Oh, my gosh. But funny. But fluid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but funny. Um, 
and and Ann and Mark are all excited and they're telling Leslie about how they caught a criminal. Ooh, they're trying to break him to the van. They're and, proud, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he is caught and dragged away. And, and Leslie is surprised and wide-eyed and flabbergasted and dumbfounded. And Ann finally asks, Well, what are you doing here? And you know, we we see the scene and I don't know Leslie's answer yeah. if there is one, but I don't think there is one. No. But you know what? Hmm. I think this is a good place for us to take a quick break. All right, let's do it. And when we come back, we'll finish the breakdown before we get into scoring. Sounds great, Alan. All right, we'll be right back, everybody. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. If you are like me, then you appreciate handcrafted quality goods. I am sure there are some of you who are fine with particle board furniture and other such mass-produced items. While this is fine for a college student whose primary substance is ramen noodles and Pabst Blue Ribbon, I prefer the beauty of natural wood and a good bottle of Old Scotch whiskey. To find such items, including handmade wooden whiskey coasters, I highly recommend that you go to the internets using the screen of your choice and visit OffermanWoodshop.com. Tell them... Ron sent you. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody. We're welcome back from the break. And Mark, when we left off, we were, I think we're headed to the Pawnee police station, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct, Alan. When we last left our heroes, they were in transit <laughs> to the police station. Um, and uh, so they arrive and uh, Leslie is fired up and they're, uh, yeah. They're, they're talking to Officer Dave there and, uh, and you know, he's trying to calm her down. And <laughs> there is a funny little scene that kind of made me chuckle. You know, Officer Dave's like, ma'am, ma'am, as I've told you several times already, this is a police matter. And Leslie says, and she's fired up. <laughs> Leslie says, well, it doesn't seem to matter to the police. Yeah. And the camera goes on Lewis's Lewis CK's face and he's kind of nonplussed and he's like and, and and he nods and he goes uh -huh. okay you know nice job with that that's pretty good <laughs> yeah he, that, that's pretty good um it so anyway um as a comedian he can appreciate the comedic timing exactly exactly and then you know you know they're 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 trying to speak for tom's case and and officer dave's like you know i uh, know this is a police matter you need to let us handle it and leslie just gets fired up is like no and starts slapping the counter with her hands and, a little tantrum uh, yeah a little tantrum and so finally he's like uh come with me and, and grabs her and they go into his office so it's just officer dave and leslie at this point he's sitting right. behind his desk and so his his point is he's like look you know there's there's a lot of stuff beyond well he first he says your friend was being an ass yep and and then and i think he's know, right by the way i mean i think he was tom was being right i agree with him there i i agree i mean if 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 tom had been polite about it i could see how maybe this would be i could see tom's point a little more but he blew up and and he even warned him he's like don't you're, he did. you're pushing it and he but didn't stop. I also see Tom's side of it. And, you know, I think his primary crime was being brown. So anyway, that, I'm yeah. going to get on my soapbox. Keep going. True. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Um, and, you know, they had, they did have a, a, a funny little scene where Leslie's like, you know, I work in government and, and you don't know what you're dealing with. If you, I, all I have to do, Alan, all yeah. I have to do is one phone call and I could have Ron Swanson down here kicking your doors. Yeah. 
That's right, Officer Dave. You heard me. Ron, Ron freaking swans him. Five second cut to the office. Ron sitting immobile, ramrod straight in his chair in the dark. Chir- crickets brilliant. chirping in the background. <laughs> They're literally crickets. Yeah. Um, and and so, you know, it, Officer Dave goes on to say, look, it, it wasn't just his behavior, okay? I think that your friend might be some kind of pervert. Well, he's like, no, no, that's what people think when they first meet him. It's all talk. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, it, it's not. I'm being serious. You know, look, Ms. Nope, we searched the van and we found a lot of disturbing things. We found oh, some we found some professional photography equipment and, and these pictures of some people on a day. And we found an enormous amount of manure. And quite frankly, I love this. I know. Uh a very inappropriate amount of candy. <laughs> so finally, oh, I, I, Leslie kind of comes down and is like, okay, look, you know, Tom and I were in that van. We were staking out the community garden because someone planted some pot in it. We we're trying to catch him. I brought the candy and I brought a lot of it because I like candy. And I took the pictures. My best friend was going on a date with my ex-lover. It's been a very long night, but Tom's not a pervert and he shouldn't be in jail. And you you look at Officer Dave and like he's kind of listening to her and kind of you can tell he's kind of like he, she's maybe swaying his mind. Um, and they cut to Leslie coming out of his office and coming into the police station lobby where Mark and Ann are still. And she's like, oh, they're going to release him in a little while, you know, like, oh, thank God, thank God. And Mark asked if, if he should go ahead and drive them home. Leslie's like, no, you know what? I'm going to stay here. You two go ahead and go ahead and leave. Uh, I think it changes a man when he's on the inside. I think they'll want to see a familiar, familiar face. face. Yeah. And so Mark's like, all right, see ya. And uh, <laughs> they leave and Leslie sits down on the bench. And then we flash back to the office and the, the Mark clock for those of you at home is I would probably place this at about 1 AM. That sounds um, about right. Yeah. Because April did say, uh, I had to wait for my dad to fall asleep so I could steal his keys, which I thought was awesome. And and then, as far as I'm concerned, one of the greatest moments in the entire show. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Ron still in this uh, hours and hours and hours and hours now. He's just been in this chair. He hasn't been moving. He hasn't been talking. April comes in, jingles the keys. I'm like, you ready? <laughs> Ron slowly quietly stoically keeping still stiff as a board i was born ready i'm ron beeping sponson yeah oh love it the best yeah that's a meme for sure (laughs) and april then wheels him you know uses the office chair as a gurney presumably the one he's been sitting in because i can't imagine that he could transfer to another chair i would completely agree right And, and so she ends up wheeling him outside i think she bumps into a few things on oh, the way God. but you know that whole thing was funny too just because either she wasn't trying or she just couldn't control the chair and every time she crashed into a wall you can just imagine the the shock waves of pain going through ron so um, right and i think for what it's worth i think that's kind of the end of the b storyline i don't think we see any more after that presumably april takes him to the hospital um yeah, and there was nothing in the deleted scenes that would imply that there was more there either. So right. you're right. I mean, I think we're primarily on the the main storyline now. And then I think we cut back to Anne's house as uh, Mark and Anne arrive home from the date. Right. And, and this is one of the very, very few and rare scenes in this entire episode where the scene is just about Mark and Anne without any sort of mm-hmm. supplemental stuff yeah. going on. 
Um, well, yeah, this is, this is setting up the, this relationship that's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Right. And, you know, they, they get out of Mark's car and, you know, Mark's dropping her off and, you know, and, and Mark's being kind of, you know, charming and, and, you know, and, he's and, tolerable. But, but yeah, he's not coming across strong or anything. And, no. and, you know, I don't think you should invite me in. Terrible things happened last time. And, you know, which I think is referring to a joke earlier in the, in yeah. the show, but yeah. um, so I guess I'll just see you tomorrow. And, you know, Mark kind of shyly leans in and just kisses Anne's cheek a little. And Anne's like, hey, you kind of kissed me. And he's like, yeah, I did. And now we both have herpes. <laughs> so, and you know, we see Anne laughing at quite a few times with Mark. I don't think at him. Um, no, you I know, think she generally had a good time and, and thinks he's funny. And, and he is, you know, he's kind of got that dry sense of humor. Um, and I think she likes that. Right, right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that based on what we've seen in the past, we would have reason to go, mm, okay, where, where are you on the, you know, on the D-bag scale, but it seems right. like he's being a decent guy here, you know, I, I agree. Um, it's, it's hard to, to really have any problems with him here at this point. The, uh, the ever present camera crew, like we talked about before, all of a sudden, you know, after Mark kisses Anna on the cheek and says goodnight, zooms over and we, we as the audience see andy mm. uh right over the the edge of the pit you know he's he, and we know that he's seen mark kiss Anne, and he's clearly heartbroken yeah. while eating a carrot while eating a carrot yeah even the even the yeah. sad is funny yes i know <laughs> <clears throat> yeah we're back at the police station and this is where i think you know i don't know where what you clock this in in your notes here but but i feel like it's daytime now i feel like it's it's you know morning like like leslie has slept on this little sofa at the police station for the rest of the night uh, i think it's after 6 a.m okay there you go so there you go um, okay actually oh, yeah. i you saw the clock yeah i missed yeah, that yeah um and and leslie at this point has been asleep you know I, i'm gonna think for four or five hours at this point yeah. Yeah. um and, and clearly it's taken some time to get Tom released. It wasn't like an immediate thing. And, and we, we see Officer Dave's jacket draped it's over the bureaucracy her. of uh, small government, Mark. That's what that there, is. There you go. Rubber stamps. I mean, red stamps, whatever it takes, Bob. <laughs> it's a miasma we just went to. Um, so, you know, Tom comes over to Leslie and is like, hey, Leslie, thanks for waiting. I appreciate it. And I, don't, I don't think he realizes Leslie is asleep. And <laughs> Leslie starts mumbling some just just garbage you know it's it's not your chocolate don't get your hands off oh that and wake up mother like, teresa oh. right oh yeah yeah get your hands off my chocolate mother teresa <laughs> <laughs> who else and she i love it i love also how she wakes up and you know a lot of people are disoriented alan when they wake yeah. up and sure. she you know she wakes up and like hey, what is, is this your house where are we <laughs> thinks thinks tom lives in a police station um yeah. and officer dave comes out and says hey you're awake and he's like oh yeah thanks for the coat you know and it's kind of sweet because he's you know well, he is a nice guy after all like he let leslie have his coat and and you know he's like thanks for the coat and officer dave says oh it's no problem you can keep it and leslie's like really oh, yeah. and then officer dave clearly uncomfortable and pausing is like actually no i i need that back for my uniform <laughs> and uh i can but i can give you a ride back to your car so right. leslie says all right we'll talk about the coat like no i can't give you the coat do you understand <laughs> like all right we'll talk about it um they get back to the community garden and officer dave says okay can you show me where the the marijuana is 
and they they they're walking to it and that's when leslie is mentioning tom like well i hope they got home okay and it's referring to ann and mark but right but the way she's saying it it's very obvious that she's thinking about you know <clears throat> ann and mark so she's like i hope ann got home to her house and i hope that mark in his own individual house that's separate from ann's i hope that he got home to that and right and finally he just stops her and says leslie mark's an idiot you know, yeah. you, you, you can do better. That was very yeah. sweet. I thought this was a sweet moment. And, you know, it's probably, you know, one of the more um, admirable moments for Tom so far in the series, right? You know, makes him human. It makes him human. We'll see some more humanity from him as the series moves on. But really up until now, we haven't seen a lot. And it was just nice to see it here. I felt right. You know, it, was, it was a nice moment between them. I completely agree. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, what's, what's the, what's the favorite quote of mine from the, from the great Alan Piercy, oh, you know, boy. from, from, from episode two, uh, you know, you, you, you viewers at home know, uh, you <laughs> said these folks got to stay human or you're not going to want to support them. And you've got to yeah. have some redeeming qualities. It's, it's, that's a great quote. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I say that because you secretly pay me $5 every time I mention every it. Every time. So, Cha-ching. I'm, I'm counting, buddy. I just, I just sent it to your PayPal. I don't or know what that is. Whatever the kids are using these days. I just use the my welcome mat under my door, so I'll expect to see it there shortly. Um, <laughs> now send it to my Friendster account. There um, you go. I, I'm hip, and so yeah, it, it was a really nice moment though from Tom, you know. And and uh, <laughs> Leslie kind of touches his arm for a second. You're so sweet. I'm like, oh, thanks, Tom. He's like, I didn't mean me. Keep it in your pants. No, nope. no. Nope. And um, they <laughs> get to the Tom garden. Again. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't last long it's just a little flash in the van um they get to the garden and they don't find it you know and 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 officer dave says well you know these are carrots <laughs> like well, do you think i don't know the difference and officer dave theorizes that leslie made all this up because yeah. you know she had kind of told him about how ann was going out with her ex kind of and and it's like i think he made up a story about weed so you could stake out their date like, yeah well, no i didn't like oh, no no it's all right i think it's kind of cute so, hmm. and and I I want to say the last scene we have before the kicker is the the like one of the the officer Dave a talking head from his office, and that's where he's like you know I like Miss Lo- Miss Nope I like her I you know when I first met her I didn't care for ninety ninety nine percent of the people she's very belligerent and disagreeable but you know and he goes through the next few sentences that's so cringy. Like Ms. Nope was attractive to me as a man. I was attracted to her in her, in her demeanor. I was attracted to her in a, in a, a, a sexual uh, manner uh, that was appropriate. appropriate. And then yeah. finally a long, awkward pause. And can we, can we, I don't, I don't want to talk about this <laughs> oh <my laughs> anymore. And then I think that that's almost it. I think there's a, there's a scene where Leslie is driving Tom home and you know he's really sleepy. And I think she wants to, Oh, yeah. She wants to go to mini golf, I think. And he's you know like, what I wrote? Hmm. I wrote, Leslie is the energizer bunny. Because <laughs> she is. She's like, clearly, I, I, maybe he didn't sleep. She did. But she's raring to go mini golf and go out for some breakfast. And he's, no, I want to go home. And I think she turns on the car to take off. And and and, and I'll be watching you by the police. She's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, my God. I can't believe this is on. That's Tom's right. like, you need to calm down, woman. Um, <laughs> it was apropos, though. It was very apropos. It's got to be either that or Rockwell. 
give up or on maybe, Rockwell. Or maybe Men at Work. Who can oh. it be now? That's that's not a bad one. That's that's true. Like some Colin Hay. Yeah. Let me some Colin Hay. Um, and then I think we it was it's like a, a like a twenty seconds left in the show. It's the kicker. Yeah, the kicker. Where, yeah. yeah. Um, at they're at <laughs> City Hall, so it's I, I assume it's the next day, and yes. and Mark and Anne are having lunch together in the courtyard outside, and it, Tom walks up and he's all angry and sarcastic and stuff. And first thing I notice is that he calls them as a pair. Uh, and Danowitz. And Danowitz. That was brilliant. Yeah. Yep. The Brangelina um, of uh, South Park. And actually, do you. South Park. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. Dude, Rochambeau. Whatever, whatever park. Parks and Recreation. What show are we watching today? South Park and Recreation. Yes. Oh, now that's a whole different show. Nailed it. Yeah. I'm going to Photoshop that tonight. I knew you're gonna say that. Do we do we happen to have a, a clip at the very end? It is very funny. We do. Here, let's play it right now. All right. And Danowitz, what are you guys doing? Eating? Love it. Oh hey, just wanted to thank you for having me arrested as a pervert the other night. That was cool. Peace. Peace. Uh, oh, we didn't think you were a pervert. We thought you were a criminal. For the record, I still actually kind of think he's a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> uh that, that is great i mean you know it, funny stuff at the very end there too yeah yeah and then right. that's it yeah that's that's the breakdown so that was terrific nice job well you know what i think last week what we did was when we scored we tried to weave in a little bit of our character development stuff you know because occasionally we've tried to talk about the progress of some of these characters i think we should do that again this week and um, I think we should give this thing a score. What do you think? If we must. No, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Otherwise, look, Alan, I've been contacted by, I can't tell you how many people that, that have reminded me that, that the, the future of Parks and Rec, well, not really the future, but I think they time traveled to where I am now. And they told me that the future of Parks and Rec, which is where we are now, is going yeah. to depend on the scores that we give them that are going to go is. back in time somehow to them. So it's critical. Yeah, there's lots of people whose whose livelihoods depend on this score. I I with that kind of pressure, I'm not sure I can go forward. Yeah, let's do it. Who cares? Yeah. So <laughs> screw those people. <laughs> Stupid time travelers think they're so yeah, big. That's right. Um so what do so you got? Yeah, um oh so you oh uh so let's see. Uh we should I go first or you yeah, go first or what yeah, do you think? I'm, I'm making you go first. You're making you know Once even better. Again, <laughs> Well, let me go first. I want to change. Let, let's change it up. I'll go first. Change it up. Fair. Go. Yeah. Yeah. That way I can no. copy you like, like normal. <laughs> I, do, I do love that at the end. What Tom goes up to, I don't know why. I just find it so funny. What you doing? Eating? Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <clears throat> um. So, okay. A few things about this episode. Um, you know, we already talked about the great Ron April pairing. Um, I, I think that we said lots about that. I don't think anything else has to be said about it. Uh, the only thing I would say about Ron is, you know, stubborn, stoic Ron is always and will always be my favorite. You know, this was a, a great performance by him for several reasons. I'll get into that more in a second. Um, you know, April, I, I'm glad that she's in the show more. A, 
I'm glad that they're showing her relationship with someone else more, you know, B. And I think it's giving her a little bit of depth that she, her character really needs. And that, she, quite frankly, it deserves. Right. I agree. I would say the same thing, um, quite frankly, about Tom. I thought that he had some good scenes, some good interactions, some good scenes with Leslie. Mm -hmm. I think it shows a little bit more depth to his character. Again, something that was needed. And I'm glad they gave it, gave it to him. Um, you know, uh, Leslie... Uh, I liked her character, but this show also uh, went into their deep bench, which I thought was a good move. And so it wasn't quite as much just about her. Um, I, I think despite her best efforts, Leslie still clearly, I don't know if she cares a little bit about Mark, but maybe she's still a little bit conflicted. She still feels a little weird about it. Um, but she's she's making progress, you know, slowly but surely. And, it's and, early and, days and we'll, we'll see where she goes from here. And Alan, with enough with enough whipped cream, she's going to oh get through this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there there could be a shortage for everyone else in Pawnee, but yes, she will make it. Um, and in Mark, it, it seems like their relationship is going, you know, somewhat well. I I have to say, I'm not a huge fan of the and Mark pairing, but meh. I mean, there it seems like they're getting along okay. Um, okay. Well, it's kind of sad to see Andy heartbroken, but you know, he's yeah. also funny and you know he's eating a carrot, so he's fine. Um, <laughs> I, so a few notes on this episode in general. I realized, Alan, as I watched this, I did not remember this episode. So oh, as really? I watched, okay. so as I watched this, this was a pleasant, pleasant surprise. All right, and, That's good. and it should also be noted, Alan, that and the viewers can back me up on this that you remarked last week about how much you liked this episode, and I gotta say, there's a part of me that really, really wanted to screw with you mm. by, by purposely rating this low. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. I don't think I can do it. Like I really want to just, just to go and, eh, but yeah. I don't think I can yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, I love that. Thank you. Appreciate that. And you know, so <laughs> we already talked about this a little bit, like a lot of episodes, this one had an A story and a B story. The A story was really good. It had yeah. funny moments. It had heart. It was ridiculous. It was memorable, blah, blah, blah. So what does it say about me, Alan? That despite all that, I love the smaller B story even yeah. more. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it does not shock me, quite honestly. Well, I know you and the viewers at home, you know, will will be able to attest to the fact that I've been kind of harping on the fact that my Ron meter has been low. Yeah, that's true. And so, you know, Alan, if you're starving and somebody <laughs> gives you a saltine cracker, you're yeah, going to think carrot. that that's, or if someone, mm, even better. Or a candy necklace. If some, if you're starving and somebody gives you a candy necklace, yeah, you're you're gonna think it's ambrosia. You know, you you're you're disproportionately impressed by sugar it. high. So I'm, I'm, so sugar high. So I'm trying to be fair here. Yeah, I've been really missing Ron's presence, and this week it was like ambrosia. Um, and you know, I I know we talked about this. I won't go into. Uh, much more detail i did want to mention one thing just you know nick offerman alan he's a freaking genius he's a freaking genius despite barely moving or speaking he had me crying i was laughing so hard yeah he, I read, he, he barely moved or spoke and yet was ridiculously funny quite frankly if i could get paid for not doing stuff or saying things you, you think i'd be here with you no. so <laughs> no but i can't um I read something really interesting on uh, this is on Wikipedia. So I'm not trying to take credit for it. Um, well, if it's not on the internet, we know it's true. I always say that. <laughs> um, it said that Nick Offerman 
learned to use humor amid silence while he was serving as an altar boy and lector at his church. And, and apparently the deal was he had a cousin in the congregation and Ron would speak with the utmost August stoicism and everybody listening would think what a wonderful, effective speaker. His cousin knew damn well he was being facetious and every single time he got in trouble for cracking up. So I bet. I know. I just thought that was interesting, you know? Yeah. yeah. His own private joke, but no. All right. So enough of my soapbox. So, okay. You want the score. I'll give you're not, yeah. you can't handle the score. Okay. Give me the score. All right. I'll give you the score. So <laughs> I scored this in a very weird way, mm. but I'm, but it's, you know what? It's my dance. I can do what I want to. Um, so if you were to remove the entire B story, the entire Ron Swanson hernia subplot, and you were just to look at the main plot as is for story and comedy, etc. I would put this almost on par with, I'm going to say episode five of season one, The Banquet, which was a really good episode. Okay. And, and the almost is there because... Eh, I still don't like the Mark Ang- the Mark Ann angle very much, and and if I had to get persnickety, there were probably still a few points where the story dragged a little bit, just a little. I think that's true. So so this is my score for a non Ron Hernia episode. Okay, right? I know I know. So you got to bear with me here. So Mark's score for a non Ron Hernia episode, I would give it a three point five base score, but we got some bonus points coming up. I'm going to give it a half a point for the introduction of Officer Dave. Well-deserved. I'm going to give it another half a point for showing more depth for characters that really needed it. And I'm thinking of Tom and April specifically. Um, So my semi-final score is four and a half Little Sebastians right there. And so it's at there, it's tied with uh, last week's episode, uh, The Pawnee Zoo. But I'm going to do something unprecedented. Uh-oh. I'm going to give I'm going to give two whole bonus points, Alan, for the Ron Hernia subplot. I cannot even express to you how much I love this. I love it. I love it to death. It, it, it is I it is so enjoyable. So you add two to that. My final score for this is my official high score so far. Six point five. Little Sebastians. Back to you, Alan. <sighs> you know, it, it does not cease to amaze me how we come at this so totally different and yet we wind up in relatively the same place get out of here no no in all seriousness because again i think i have this um this notion that i need to save my points for later because it's going to be so much better right Uh, you know i don't know if that's true i mean i think there are things that i'll like better later some of the relationships and some of those other pairings you know we talked about ron april and there's going to be some other some other ones later that i think just are classic parks and rec so you know those might just feel like they deserve that score more in my you know playback brain but this is a really funny episode um it is louis ck was fabulous um i really liked april and ron you know yes it was a b story but it was very funny it was definitely the comic relief and hell the a story had a lot of comedy in it too so yeah um you know and you know 
with different approaches, Leslie being so manic and kind of a little bit hyper at times. And, you know, with Dave balancing her out, you know, in the, his stoic way. So you've kind of got that pairing in both, both, both plots. Right. Um, although in the, I guess in the B plot, there's, there really no manic person between April and Ron. <laughs> but, <laughs> Definitely um, not. No, but, but, um, but no, I, I, I like the story. I, you know, there was not that nagging thing like the bribery or sorry, the blackmail or any of that stuff that's bothered me in the past. Right. Um, also not a giant fan of, uh, you know, uh, and Danowitz, um, <laughs> just to be honest, uh, right. right. It's not what I would pick for the show. Um, and yet I feel like the way they've laid it out, it's not illogical, right? kind of fits i'd agree um, she was ready to move on from andy and rightfully so it is sad to see him you know hanging on so tight but he'll have his day and uh frankly he kind of deserves what he got so far i'd love to see him move out of the pit um, yeah but you know overall a, a really rock solid episode and um you know I, my score is six and a half little sebastians um i think wow it, it would have went a little higher if the a story had been a little funnier um, but in some ways it was, you know, maybe a little more sweet and, um, you know, that those moments with, with, with Tom and Leslie were nice. And, um, and I think that, you know, this kind of budding, well, we don't know it yet, but it's a, it's going to be a budding relationship for, for Leslie and for Dave. So, um, I like the setup that's happening. I'll just say that. Well, I, I, I like your reasoning, you know, and, and, and most important, I was right. So we're, <laughs> you, you I love my score. validation is, is the one goal you have. It's you get, always you get it again. There you go. <laughs> no, that, that is funny. We, we come at it from such different perspectives, but yeah, we ended up in the same place, man. Yeah. You work at it way too hard and I just kind of throw it out there and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well said. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, Mark. Well, next week we'll walk through season two, episode three, beauty pageant, and it's going to be a good one. Oh, fantastic. I can't wait. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This has been great. And we look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Take care. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.